This is a shock podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that will have to dig deep to poke fun at Manchester United today. What can I say? They had a rare weekend off. Usually they have their off days on the pitch, not this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> today in the House of Pod, we have Nicholas John. Hello, hello. He's the only one among us who had a weekend off. Also, there's Karami Kamil. What's happening, guys? He wishes he had the weekend off plus the whole week as well. Uh, I am Faisal American. I am just off. That's right, I just compared myself to rotting food. Uh, let's start off with the FA Cup. Uh, we're going to see a mouth-watering semi-final between the two EPL title contenders, namely Manchester City and Liverpool. City advanced with a 4-1 win over Southampton. Uh, not the result you'd expect if you just saw the first half. Both teams were level at one all at halftime. Uh, Emmerich Laporte's own goal cancelled out Raheem Sterling's opener. Um, but City really hit back after the break. Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden and Riyad Mahrez all found the back of the net. At the end of it, City had 64% possession, 19 shots in total, 6 were on target. So overall, a good result for City, guys. It was, and uh, like you said, Faisal, the the first half was was not the the whole story of the match, you know, because uh, I think Southampton did put up a great fight, but if you look at City's squad, their their squad depth, the quality of the players that they have compared to Southampton, uh, the results you might say that we expected City to win for uh, one or whatever whatever the score might be, uh, but I think. This is a great, great performance from City uh, heading to the crunch time, like like what Ferguson used to, used to say, the squeaky bum time of the season. At the end of the season, they're still in contention to win three cups to do the treble. Uh, now they're in the semi-final of the FA Cup and they're just getting closer to, to get their first first, tie, uh, first trophy this season. Uh, meanwhile, Liverpool had a 1-0 win over Nottingham Forest. Uh, Diego Jota's uh, second-half goal sealed them the win. Also, um, thanks to some smart substitutions from uh, Jurgen Klopp. Uh, it also saw Liverpool maintain their excellent domestic form, 13 consecutive wins in all competitions, plus their penalty shootout win in the uh, EFL Cup final. A fun fact, it was Liverpool's First FA Cup semi under Klopp, and uh, I'm sure Liverpool fans had me too. Uh. Oh. <laughs> I'll bleep that out. This is a family friendly oh. show, damn it. <laughs> but but Liverpool left it quite late, didn't they? And 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 I'm sure there were a few, like Kara mentioned, a few squeaky bums among the Reds supporters as well. Uh, but a win is a win. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter how you get it. Uh, plus. Uh, this is Liverpool versus Nottingham Forest. I'm sure that even if Jota didn't score that goal, that the Reds would have gone on to win the match in extra time. Uh, but most importantly, we now have what I think and what a lot of people I'm sure think as well, one of the most anticipated FA Cup semi-finals in as long as I can remember. And my only complaint is that they are meeting in the semis. You know, it would have been so much more dramatic if they faced each other in the final. But, you know, you take what you can get. Lah. Yeah, definitely. Whatever the result is going to be, like, the final is going to be a bit anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> 
it, you, it might be anticlimactic. But uh, back to Nick's point. I think, uh, Nick, if you... Faisal lah, because Faisal is a Liverpool fan, right? Faisal, because this season, I think Liverpool has been getting the results uh, similar to this, right? They're grinding out matches, just winning 1-0, including against uh, bottom clubs. Because you know, bottom clubs, the smaller clubs tend to park the bus in front of their goal. And you might say it's the, almost the same thing here as Nottingham Forest. Do, what do you think about Liverpool this season? About their chances of winning the quadruple? Remember what I said last week last week about uh, tempering expectations? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so that is a given, right? Um, but I am impressed with the depth that they have uh, now compared to last season. Uh, Klopp can field any team that he wants. Uh, if the result is not going their way, he can just bring in people like Henderson on and then they can just turn the result to their favour. So that is the thing that's impressed me the most about Liverpool this season. For me, that is the main reason why they're still in contention for four trophies. Can they get it though? Uh, Again, tempering the expectations. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Let's just say that I have a better chance of scoring with a supermodel than Liverpool winning the quadruple. <laughs> okay, anyway, as Nick mentioned, um, City will take on Liverpool in the semis next month. Um, this is good. It happens amid an interesting period for both teams now. For Liverpool, the FA Cup will come just a week after they face City in the Premier League and in between, uh, the Reds will have to travel to a Benfica in the Champions League quarterfinals. Uh, after the FA Cup against City, they'll have to prepare to host Manchester United at Anfield. As for City, um, the clash comes after their Champions League away tie at Atletico Madrid and this is always a potential banana skin. So, um, I am not smart enough to predict the outcome of this particular FA Cup semi, given all the circumstances happening before and after. Okay, uh, this is what I think. Domestically, in, uh, like, uh, in the FA Cup and the Premier League, I think Liverpool might have the edge over City mm. because of the their grinding results, right? So, but in the Champions League, I think Pep is trying to prove something with uh, with his squad here at City because they made it to the final last season. They lost one nil because Pep. Oh, I thought Pep overthink his tactical uh, by not playing a defensive midfielder against Chelsea. So I think I just think that uh, this year for the Champions League, it's going to be City all the way because I'm pretty sure Pep learned his lesson last season. So. Uh, I don't think City is going to slip up uh, in this in the Champions League this season. And if what you say is true, then we are looking at Liverpool versus potentially La City versus Liverpool on three fronts. You know, in the EPL, in the FA Cup, and in the Champions League, right? And I don't think there's ever been a time. Can you can you think of if, if there's ever been a time where so much is at stake between just two teams? You know, three tournaments, including including the Champions League. Uh, it's like their fates are intertwined this season. <laughs> Don't get Faisal's hopes up, Nick. <laughs> just back to the FA Cup just for a while, right? Um, Chelsea will face Crystal Palace in the other uh, semi-final. Chelsea advanced with a 2-0 win over Middlesbrough and uh, Palace crashed Everton 4-0. So on the plus side, Everton fans, at least you can focus on your Premier League survival now. <laughs> um, Cheap shot from a Liverpool fan. <laughs> I'm trying to give hope, guys. I'm trying to 
look on the bright side. Over in Spain, Barcelona gave Real Madrid an absolute hammering in their latest Clásico. Barca bounced back after five Clásico defeats to hand Real an embarrassing 4-0 defeat. Now, this is a remarkable turnaround for Barca since Ronald Koeman was sacked. Uh, and now, Xavi is even refusing to rule out a, a La Liga title push. Can you imagine that? Yeah, not in the beginning of the season, no. <laughs> No, that's all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> but Barcelona that bit in, eh? <laughs> Yo, keep it. <laughs> but Barcelona have been on fire since Xavi came back to take charge. And they've won mm-hmm. their last five matches. They're up to third in the league standings. And you talk about title push. I think Barca are definitely in a good position to capitalize if uh, Sevilla and Real Madrid start slipping up. And Madrid are already showing signs of slipping up, right? And everyone thought that Barca would struggle for goals after they let go of, of uh, Messi. But Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has turned out to be one heck of a signing. He scored in, in if I'm not mistaken, what, his first eight games for Barca? You know, and, and who would have thought after what we saw of him at Arsenal? It, it's almost like he's reborn. <laughs> yeah, definitely not Arsenal, Nick. <laughs> What can I say? Like, it just goes to show that a prima donna footballer needs a prima donna club. La. <laughs> but but, but, yes, but say uh, what you want, it, it's working for him, la, you know. But uh, Carlo Ancelotti did apologise to Real Madrid's fans because of their poor performance. But I think that uh, Nick did say Real might slip up, right? But I, I think that this is just a blip uh, in Real Madrid's season because they did go into the classical without their main striker, their main man, Karim Benzema, who's out injured. Uh, I'm pretty sure once Benzema is back, I think Real will get back on track. They're still in the running in the Champions League. So, and the, they, are, they have a healthy lead in La Liga. What, nine points over Sevilla in second place? So it's going to be very, very difficult for Barca to make a title push. But let's not rule anything out because we've seen weird things happen in football. Like when Barca beat PSG 7-1, what was it? 7-6 on aggregate, mm. which was crazy. So, yeah, it's. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a one heck of a title race in La Liga. We briefly mentioned the Champions League quarterfinals earlier, uh, specifically Man City versus Atletico Madrid, um, which is going to be one of the highlights from the draw late last week. Uh, we also briefly touched on Liverpool versus Benfica. Another big one is Real Madrid versus Chelsea, as well as Bayern Munich and Villarreal. Uh, let's move on to Formula One. The new season kicked off with a Ferrari 1-2 finish at the Bahrain GP. Ferrari's back at the top. Who would have thought that? Charles Leclerc won it ahead of Carlos Sainz with uh, Mercedes' Lewis Hamilton in third place. Meanwhile, it was a race to forget for Red Bull. They had a double retirement and it was a good result for Haas. Um, after all their preseason troubles, uh, Kevin Magnussen finished in P5 and, Mich- and Mick Schumacher uh, just missed out on the points. As a result, they are third in the constructors' standings. That is definitely not something uh, you would have expected uh, given the end of last season, huh, Nick. Yeah, no, it's not what you would have expected at the end of last season. But then also remember we talked in the last show about the, the kind of quality that that, that Magnussen uh, can bring to Haas. And he proved it yeah, with, with his experience. And uh, yeah, P- P5, P5, right? He, he finished? 
P5. Yeah, so you very good result. And it, it, it's the kind of thing we can see more from, from, from Magnussen um, moving forward. But uh, it's also good to see Ferrari back with a bang uh, for their first race win since 2019. And all during pre-season testing, everyone was saying how Ferrari were the surprise package, that they have the pace. Mm-hmm. True enough, you know, it, it turned out to be the case here. And... Leclerc, I think he has long been tipped as, as one of the future stars of F1. Finally, now we get to see him in a car that can match his talent. So, uh, mm-hmm. very promising for them. And you also mentioned Red Bull's retirement. Um, it, it, it could be a sign of potential reliability issues for them. You know, They have the pace. We, we saw how uh, Verstappen was neck and neck with Leclerc for much of the race, but maintaining that pace until the checkered flag, I think, will be a challenge for them. And I think it, it, it all has to do... Most of the teams here are, are still sort of like finding their footing, you know, with all the, the changes to, rec- to the regulations and all that, uh, especially Mercedes. Uh, and I guess they weren't lying after all, you know. After preseason, Lewis <laughs> Hamilton was saying how Mercedes were having trouble with uh, keeping up the pace with Ferrari and Red Bull and all that. Nobody believed him. Everyone said, oh, it's just Mercedes doing what they always do, playing down their, their pace and all that. But I, I think they really are struggling Uh because even though Hamilton made it onto the podium, he was only there because Sergio Perez retired. So for the next couple of races, I think, at least, uh, we, we will see Ferrari and Red Bull kind of finding their footing. And then after that, once they, they come to grips with it, then we'll see like the real title charge. But it's also good to see that this time is going to be between three teams, Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes, potentially. Mm-hmm. Right, MotoGP also happened at the weekend. Uh, don't you miss it when they raced on alternate weekends, F1 MotoGP? <laughs> anyway, uh, Miguel Oliveira won the Indonesian Grand Prix ahead of Fabio Quattararo and uh, Johan Zarco. Uh, there was a huge rain interruption and at one point they actually brought out a BOMO. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sure, we can joke about it, guys, but let's be realistic. I'm pretty certain Sepang had a few BOMOs on retainer as well. Uh, they probably call them weather consultants for accounting purposes. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Sepang do have some, but I, I, I was really, really intrigued when they brought the BOMO out. You know, at, at at Indonesia, I I sh- I thought that you could just do it behind closed doors, right? To to maneuver the weather, you might say, <laughs> maneuver the clouds. <laughs> so uh, I thought it was an interesting interesting yeah. experience. Uh, and some so of the riders were globally. <laughs> so now, like globally, a BOMO is a thing right now. So that's great. I think I guess. I, I wonder if some of the the European circuits are considering, you know, bringing her in now. <laughs> hey, it's not a bad idea, actually. Uh, Indonesia's new export, motorsports BOMO. <laughs> why not? Yeah, why hey, not? Well, whether you believe it or not, say what you want. It worked. The race went ahead. Yes, it did. It, uh-huh. it did work. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Okay, uh, one person who definitely needed a BOMO was Lizzie Jia in the All England Championship. How's that for a segue? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> he crashed out in the semi-finals of the uh, All England Championship, losing in the semi-finals to uh, India's uh, Laksha Sen. 
I guess you could say that Lakshya sent Zija out of the competition, eh? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, he went on to face Victor Axelson in the men's uh, in the men's uh, singles final. Axelson won it. Zija, I, I'm pretty sure Zija did came out and said that he was happy with his performance at the All England, although he did not retain his uh, his title. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that it's because of his duel with Kento Momota in the quarterfinals that might cause the loss that he had against Lakshya Sen because he lost straight set to Lakshya and he went into rubber games against Kento Momota, a, a grueling rubber game. Um, so if he's happy, then I'm, guess, I'm guessing that we should be happy for him. Uh, but kudos to Victor Axelson, who I think was second, right? He was runner-up in last season's All England, so he came back and won the whole thing this time round. And finally, Karam, I'm sure you have a few words to say about the uh, NBA, right? LeBron James is now the is now in second place in the uh, all-time point scoring list, uh, pushing Karl Malone down to third. Yes, and I have been dying to talk about NBA in this <laughs> podcast, guys. <laughs> so just bear with it. Eh? Just bear with me for a bit. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, you you uh, you just talk. I'm going to take a short toilet break. Eh? <laughs> Okay, uh, it's a great accomplishment for LeBron James. Uh, the younger basketball fans might say that he is the goat of the game, but uh, the older generation, like Faisal and Nick, uh, not including me, might say otherwise because we have Michael Jordan in our era. But this is a great, great thing for LeBron James because he has been uh, an ambassador for the NBA for the last two decades, I guess almost two decades. He's been playing since 2004. So to see him getting, knocking down Karl Malone, another legend of the game, down to third. And now what? I think he's, uh, I think LeBron James is just a couple thousand points behind uh, the leading scorer, which is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think it was, yeah, around almost 2,000 points. So if LeBron James continue continue his career for another couple of seasons he might he just might beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar but that might be a tough ask because he's what 37 now uh, but the good point the but he has the chance to do that because the game the NBA right now is not as physical as it was back then so he might have a chance because he's he's really a, a freak of nature he's a great specimen for an athlete uh, I'm rooting for LeBron to be the leading uh, the leading scorer for NBA, and I just hope that at the end of the season, during the play-in tournament to the playoffs, I I hope that Le- LeBron can carry the Lakers into the playoffs. So who's the goat for you then, LeBron? <laughs> yeah, I'm Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> who's old now? <laughs> Kareem, man, Kareem. Oh, he's, the even older. That, he's the only <laughs> Karim that matters. Sorry, Benzema. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps it up for yet another episode of the Potball Sportscast. But before we go, I just want to say that with all that is happening globally, or should I say that is still happening globally, it is understandable that things can get a bit more overwhelming. So try to stay positive my friends take care of your health both physically and mentally remember you are awesome we love you all i'm faisal american i am karami kamil and i'm nicholas john 